Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Yeah, good evening, David Wildey and Sam Fantasia. Dan Menzel having a night off all thanks to Irrigear. To save time and water, Irrigear is here. Irrigear offers expert advice and better irrigation solutions. And also Henley's new home designs. they got drop prices have a check them out. All the luxuries are now seven-star energy efficiency. Welcome, Sam. How are you? I'm not bad, Wilds. How are you, mate? It's great to be in the chair. Is a very last-minute replacement, but there's plenty to talk about in the world of sport. Where do we start? We start with the... um, I think we have to start with Glenn Maxwell, right? Oh, I mean, unbelievable. Uh, I know that I was only in the Netherlands. He's still going to be able to hit it out the park, and he did that. Maxwell, 106. Warren, 104. One stage, the bookmakers had 100-to-1... For Maxwell, I think he was batting with Green at the moment to be top score. So Warner was already Warner, out. Yeah, he was. He's out for one over. Maxwell was about ten. Ninety-six. Yep. And I looked at that and I thought, hundred one. But uh, no, I didn't do anything. You didn't expect a record-breaking no. innings. I, I, I remember I, I stayed up to watch Dave Warner make his hundred, and I thought, okay, this is great. I'll go to bed. The Aussies are in a really good position. It'll be fine. My housemate was still downstairs, and I could just hear him just every so often going, "Whoa, yeah, you know, whoa." And then I come down, I look at the score and he's on 30. About 10, 15 minutes later, he's on 80. I'm like, well, all right, I've got to come back downstairs What's the 100. Well, he went from 75 to about 100 and I reckon six or seven balls. Yeah, six, unbelievable. Six, six, four, four, six. Incredible. you got some highlights too. I've got some highlights. Let's have a well, listen. Let's have a listen. That will be one bounce for a bit of uh, innovation from Maxwell. Twenty-four. One day international half century is brought up in sublime style by Glenn Maxwell. He knows it. He's got a smile on his face. Does a half only on middle leg, but no. He's launched it into the into the point stand. Such ridiculous skill, honestly. So good. So good. Over the head of Buster Lander for another six. That is brilliant from Maxwell. Oh, yeah. Sounded good. Plenty good enough over deep mid-wicket. 4-4-6, Maxwell to 89. Six more, Glenn Maxwell. That has gone a long way into the grandstand. And again, Glenn Maxwell goes to 100. A second World Cup ton for Glenn Maxwell, his third in ODIs. And on the same ground and the same pitch as Aidan Markram set the record not long ago, Maxwell has obliterated it. Didn't have many high hopes. Yeah, I've been 
pretty quick the last couple of days. I feel like tonight I actually gave myself a chance to be able to play those shots at the back end where circumstances and pitch types, I suppose, in the first few games probably didn't allow me to. I was in a stage of rebuilding and trying to get through and trying to bat as long as I possibly could and just haven't probably had the opportunity. And as I said, last game had the opportunity and threw it away. So, Wills, what does this mean now after such an impressive performance from Maxwell, Aussie's batting order, obviously Travis Head's coming. Is it, do you still think it's Marnus going out, even though he performed quite well last night? I think Marnus would have been spewing that he got out when he did. And, yeah. and Smith, Steve Smith, too, they Absolutely. were you know 60s and, and looking Could really good. four tons, and that just would have carried it. I know they would have been unhappy. Um, and David Warner, again, I mean, he's just batting beautifully. Nervous 90s, though. Yeah, it was strange like him. Normally, it took about, I think they said, 10 or 12 balls to go from 90 to 100, which is two overs. But um, he, he's been playing really well. Maxwell needed runs because he hasn't really had a decent hit yet. And But it's incredible. You don't often see that. I know it's Netherlands. So they don't have a – they've got a pop gun attack. But he still has to put the ball over the fence. You still and, need you still know to execute. And he does it 10 different ways. It's not just everything over mid-wicket. He can hit him anywhere. That sweep where it just evaded the keeper and it just looked like he meant to do it, even though there was probably... There's always an element of luck involved, isn't there? I was trying to think, Sam, when you look at the, the biggest hitters for... I don't think Maxwell's the biggest hitter in terms of length, but boy, he's a powerful hitter. I think Adam Gilchrist put the ball over the fences. I think he had most test sixes there for a while. Yeah. Did it so easily. Dave Warner. Dave Warner's a brute. Start, starting his career as a T20 specialist and the way he's been able to progress from that into, you know, the test batsman and now, you know, ODI specialist. No, yesterday. I mean, for some reason, a lot of people don't warm to Dave Warner, but as a one-day specialist, T20 or 50 over, he's, he's unbelievable. Remember Shane Watson, the big fella? Yep, yep. Went to the IPL and just smashed him. Big barrel chest and big, strong guy. Bit underrated as well, I think, Watson. I know people say he probably didn't quite live up to the potential, but as an all-rounder, it's hard. And that, I, th- I think maybe that's what Cam Green might be cursed with as well. As an all-rounder, people yeah. expect you to be... It took Watto a long while to make his first 100. I think he finished with four or five. A wonderful cricketer could bowl to. Could bowl at 140 until he hurt his back. Stornis, we mentioned. Then you look at other, other cricketers. Chris Gale, probably the biggest hitter yeah. we've seen. He's hit the most sixes from anyone, uh, followed by Pollard. Uh, Sharma. Of- uh, Rohit Sharma for um, for India and also Hardik Pandya. They're, the, they're their big hitters. They can hit bombs. Quinder Cox been in some fine form. He plays um, some lovely strokes and can hit them well. And remember, A.B. de Villiers, for not a big guy, could just smack him. But, and Ben Stokes for England. Ben, yeah, and Ben Stokes, he, he's got ice in his veins sometimes, just the way he's able to come in and absolutely save an innings. So what's, what's happening now with Australia, though, Sam? They're, they're just slowly building, got a couple more easy games. They'll well, certainly they finish top they, four. Their next game's against New Zealand, and then I think it's against in, uh, England. So Yeah, and then, then a couple more. They yeah. haven't played. They haven't played Bangladesh. Haven't played. Who have they played? They played Sri Lanka. They haven't played Afghanistan either. Yet so there's there's a yeah there's a couple of um, I think they got three or four winnable games I think they'll finish fourth finish fourth yeah that that net run rate last night is oh. it's such a help especially when you've got a tournament that's as close as it is so the Australia's got New Zealand on the 28th then they've got England on the fourth of November then you're right Afghanistan Bangladesh um, to round it out on the seventh and the eleventh of think, November. Do you think World Cup's too long? I mean, it's going it, 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 Yeah, it is too long. So like the big bash seems to go for for months. But it's good for us. Yeah, I must admit, I I watched the first. You know, went to bed um, after Maxwell's innings and woke up and saw they were bowled out for ninety nine or something. Yeah, and I, I think when the big bash comes around, we're all actually it's going to be funny. We all say the season's too long, but I've really enjoyed the past couple of years just always being able to have some cricket to watch on the TV. So I think this year we're going to get to the big bash and go. 
Jeez, that went quick, didn't it? Yeah. Is, is the season too short? Yeah, should mention Adam Zampa too. He's gone four, four and four. Yeah. His last three games, and they need him to perform. You need that decent spinner, and uh, good to see Zamps. A couple of injuries. I mean, he hasn't been all that fit himself, but I wonder what they do with Travis Head. That, the way they're talking, he's coming in somewhere. He has to. And Marsh will drop down to first drop, and yep. I, I still think it'll probably be Labuschagne. Yeah, yeah. The misses. It's... Now, the other cricket today, Redbacks, we spoke with Wes Agar last night. And Sports Day say fired up the big man. He took six for forty-two today. Six for forty. Do you think there was any um, any questions that we asked that might have fired him up? Well, Dan asked about his new love interest, and that fired him up. But he, to the you know, he's very happy, obviously, with a young lady over there in Sydney. But that's that could be just about his best figures. Could be six, career yeah, figures. Six could for be. Her. Could be. Um, West Australia all out for two forty-one. Bancroft, Top Cam Bancroft fifty-seven, and Cartwright fifty-six. Both have played for Australia. But and the good news though, the um, Redbacks number twenty-seven at stumps. Yeah, we'll catch up with Laurie Colliver live um, from the Oval later today after six thirty. But Kelvin Smith uh, with four fours, just uh, off sixteen deliveries, starting wow. well. And Henry Hunt, it's nice to see him just hopefully being able to build on something. He's on at nine off twenty deliveries, so the boys will be back in action from I think ten thirty tomorrow. Now the other game going on thirty-six is they've got a tough. Away trip they're playing Over right now Zealand, as we speak. Yeah. It's uh, the the oh, the fixturing in the NBL. We spoke oh, about it's cruel with, with Scott Ninnis. So they went from Perth to Sydney in one road trip. I think there's a bit more time in between matches for this road trip. But they're going New Zealand and then they probably come home and then they go to Perth. I think it was 48, uh, 44 at half time. It's now fifty three fifty one eight left in the third. And uh, New Zealand, uh, New Zealand, they're in the pink, aren't they? They normally play, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Although we were in pink uh, last yeah. game for the, uh, the the win against Illawarra, and we look good sure in the pink, about, I reckon. You reckon? Yeah, I don't mind it. Not sure about the pink, but um, New Zealand have worn pink for quite a while. But look, if they get away with this win, if um, they could win away, that'd be fantastic. And so far, it's 53 all. So well done there. Hopefully. That's right. Hopefully, we can get the second win of the year. Now, the NBA continued today. Just a few of the results. The Hornets defeated the Hawks at 116 to 110. The Pacers got up over the Wizards. Not a lot of defense being played in that game, 143 to 120. But to some games featuring some Australians, the Mavericks defeated the Spurs 126 to 119. Josh Green finished with 11 points. But uh, the probably one of the most hyped draft picks. In, almost since LeBron James. Although you, you you almost hear that every year. They're a generational yeah. talent. I think they need to stop using the word generational. But he had 15 points. Victor Wembanyama, uh, two assists and five rebounds, uh, starting off his NBA career with a nice three-pointer uh, from 23 feet out. Good stuff there. Carl Vitt, a little bit later too, I should say. If we can play uh, number eight here, uh, hang on, number seven, I should say. Laura Kane, of course, uh, Footy boss now for the AFL, taken over from Brad Scott. We're talking about mid-season trade period. Uh, who would the have CBA clearly opened the door mm. for mid-season trading. I think it depends. The parameters are important, and it depends on what we want to see happen. So who is it for? Is it for the teams that are lower ranked? Is it for the teams that are higher ranked? The watch out is um, moving players to the top ranked teams um, is clear, will clearly interrupt competitive balance. However... We want to create more interesting mechanisms for players to move and we want them to have opportunity in real time, not having to wait to the end of the season. So 
the mechanics of that is where it's a devil in the detail. So the, the devil really will be in the detail. There's so many things to do with contracts and all those sorts of things. But Neil Baum speaking yesterday as well, he says he thinks it's actually inevitable. I think it's inevitable, yep. just the same. And for players, you can see why. Like if, if all of a sudden you're playing and we said at the start of the year you're our first ruck or something, and then by round 12 when the draft is you haven't had a game yet because we haven't picked you, I mean, it's reasonable for you to say, well, hang on a minute, are you going to play me or not? And then we might say, well, we don't need to. You're third in line and we're paying you reasonable dough and all of us, you know, because it's in the, could be in the club's interest as well because then they can spend the money on the forward they need or the midfielder they need or something. So I think it does make sense. And I think the clubs now are much more reasonable to each other. They all understand what the system is. And um, so, so I don't think there is many much dudding or bad yep. stuff goes yep. on now. So much better than it was. So mid-season trading potentially in 2024. It'll be very interesting to see how it goes. But if you've got a thought on how mid-season trading could work, get involved on the Just Quality Home Improvement open line. Give us a call on one 736 736 Or you can text us on 0427 And that was the good oil thanks to Cobram Estate, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil grown, oh. harvested, cold-pressed in northern Victoria. They've got some chilli flavours. They've got garlic I've flavor. tried them all. It's great. Love it, it's, Sam. It's, Absolutely beautiful. So that's Cobram Estate again, most awarded extra virgin olive oil grown, harvested and first cold pressed in northern Victoria. As we go to the break, we are becoming Americanised and I think some of the things we do get from their sports will be good. We just heard from Neil Baum and if if someone's not getting a game uh, and it can be utilised elsewhere... That's the way to go. Everyone wants to play at the top level. For sure. And you've seen free agency sort of being brought in. I think that was a, obviously an American sport, but I think the way we've done it is very similar to the NFL with restricted and unrestricted free agents. I would like to see no draft compensation given for restricted free agents because as a club, you have the option of matching it. So if you have the option of matching it and you decide to let them go, that's on you. If they have a mid-season trade and we lend, are you loaning a player or are you no. giving them a player? You're, you're, you're They're tra- their player. You're trading the player. They're gone. Yeah. So, yeah. so then it's got to be um, a pretty decent deal, I think, for someone to move into state. Yeah. I suppose hey, they have you got a choice of going or not? Well, uh, that, that, that's again the machinations oh. of how it would work. Would they then introduce? trading players without consents? Would there be clauses in contracts? But I, th- I think the best thing about what mid-season trading would bring would it would potentially avoid some of the pre-agent sort of chatter. So if a player, say Harrison Petty, for example, in two years' time, he'll be out of contract. But if there's mid-season trading in 2025, then you can sort of still maximise the value without yeah. forcing him to walk to the pre-season draft. I suppose it does add to a bit of hype and a bit of excitement. We're going to take a break. It's always exciting with Toddy Gray, we've got Carl Veer, we've got Laurie Collar, we've got everything. Sam Fantasia and David Wildey, this is Sports Day SA. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter SA. Yeah, tonight, David Wildey and Sam Fantasia, Sports Day SA. Before we go to Toddy Gray, we're going to get the leg up. Australia's fastest-growing tipping service. Get a leg up on the bookies. As we said, it's the fastest-growing tipping service. The leg up.com.au. 
G'day fellas, Cox Play Weekend. It's an exciting time for everybody involved in the sport. Heading to the feature, I'm with one of the three-year-olds. I'm with Militarise. He sets up perfectly. He comes into the race with no weight on his back underway for age conditions and he draws perfectly. His win in the Golden Rose was that of a good horse. The race was basically all over when he got clear, but he savaged the line and he got over the top of them to win. Then he went to the Caulfield Guineas. Nothing went right for him there. He got too far back in a race that wasn't run to suit and the headwind didn't help either. His horse that's going to eat up 2,000 metres and if he's within striking distance, I reckon he can get over the top of them. Good luck if you follow, fellas. Blake Johnston there from the leg up. Now you can get involved in the show on the Just Quality Home Improvements open line, one 736 736 or text us on 0427154166. And you've got an update from the 36ers with a little bit of time left in the third quarter. Yeah, I have, Sam. Two minutes left, uh, New Zealand, 63-61, although 63-62. So 36 is in with a real chance in. And just repeating the redbacks, we'll go to Laurie Colliver shortly. They had a great day bowling uh, WA up for 240. Six wickets. Now, one of our good friends of the show is Todd Gray. He's got our tips for Toddy. GRSA. Greyhound Racing, no one runs the dogs like South Australia. Yeah, love Toddy, and he joins. Hello, Todd. Hello, my lovelies. How are we this week, my fine gentlemen? Uh, we are fine. Gee, you're up. I always like it when you're up. You ever down, Todd? You always seem to be up. Oh, no, it's no fun being down. You might as well be up. <laughs> You've you got two choices, be up or be down. Why would you choose to be down? Uh, I love it. Well, let's try and get up. Let's try and get a dog up tonight. What's your best? Uh, I've got two best bets tonight, lads. Look, no awards for bravery tonight. Um, not not the best card to sing the old chompers into tonight because Sunday is the Gawler Cup at Gawler. And obviously, oh, the fields there are immaculate. But two best bets tonight, lads. And we'll start with race four, number two, My Khaleesi. Reckon she breaks her maiden status at start number eight tonight. Look, um, she is going to be a mad railer. She want to get, she's going to want to get to the inside very quick here. But a vacant box in three and a dog which I think will lead and kind of start her over to the inside early in two. I think she loves second to the two early and I'll be very disappointed if she can't run the two down. So she's only around about 210, 220 on the markets at the moment. So race, but race two, number four, Mike Khaleesi, I think back the maiden status. So hopefully if that wins, we have this one running for nothing. And that is race 10, number two, Lena Jinks. She is a very good dog when she decides to put in 100%. Last week, she won um, over to 700, which is in tonight, by 10 lengths. And honestly, wow. when she's on song, I think she can rival some of the best stayers we have in South Australia. She's a lightly race bitch. She's only had about eight career starts to her, but it's simple as this. If she repeats what she did last week tonight, which is also a four-dog field, I don't think they're going to see which way she went. So she's yours for theirs on the fixed odds, which is around about two bucks. So if one, one of the best bet wins, lovely. If two wins, happy days. If none wins, then um, I'll find some cover for next week. But race <laughs> 10, number two, Lena Jinx. If she, if she decides, I want to go back-to-back tonight, like the Crows in 97-98, she'll go back-to-back. Toddy, just for people that haven't been the Greyhounds, I'm trying to explain it. You can get so close to the action. These dogs are running 65, 68, 69 kilometres an hour, particularly in the first yep. couple of hundred. It's it's great entertainment, isn't it? You can also go up to the Chasers restaurant just above and get upstairs, and the, the viewing's amazing, and it's, Still no it's a cheap night. Oh, well, it is. Even with, with the track um, revamp we did a few years back, we actually bought the uh, starting like fence for the um, participants and that and the crowd and that closer. So... You are right right at the action when the dogs are previewing and that before the races tonight. And you can see them when they're in full flight. They are a thing of beauty to watch. And they do. They hit it. They hit high 60 k an hour. And the, the absolute elite ones, 
can crack 70. You know, we don't, um, wow. none of them get done for speeding at Angle Park, but I mean, they are just amazing athletes to watch. Um, I'm biased, as you know, but I don't think there's anything better. When you see them in full stride, it is just something to behold. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks there, Toddy. Toddy Gray is always, he's always up. He's never down. Imagine what you could be buying instead for free and confidential support. Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. So race two, number four, Sam Meyer, Khalees. Race four, number two, sorry. I think I wrote that down okay, correctly. Race 10, number two, Lens Jinx. So there you go, uh, Plenty more to come on the show. Thanks to Luma Energy. Switch to the affair. Looking forward to Carl Viet too, coming off his uh, 3-0 victory over Central Coast Mariners. And you can join the Luma Energy today. And, and Kia, how's this? All-electric Kia EV6, up to 528 kilometres of range. Also for Lost in the Wash, we have got our man, Laurie Collar. If you just joined us, Redbacks had another great day, led by six wickets from the big man in Wesega. David Wildey and Sam Fantasia. This is Sports Day Save. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV, Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Sports ASA, David Wildey with young Sam Fantasia. All thanks to Mate Fair Dinkum Internet. Without the fuss, you can score a mobile deal as good as a Sam Kerr goal with Mate. And unfortunately, Sam not playing at the moment. She is injured. But a man that was a wonderful cricketer in his own right too. He used to just dominate the country scene. Laurie Culliver joins us too. And Laurie, a magnificent day for the Redbacks again. It certainly was. I think you're blowing me tides up a little bit too much there, Wilde, but I'm happy to take the credit. Um, yeah, really good, really good day from the South Australian boys today. Uh, WA won the toss, got the one for 100 just after lunch, and uh, we're in a very strong position to drive the game. But Wes Agar's had a, an absolute belter today, six for 42 off 22.4 overs. I thought the first couple of games, he bought a little bit too much back of a length for this game. Might have just pitched it up an extra yard or two, and... Uh, He's got the results today in WA. All out 2-4-1 and a great six overs tonight from the home side. 27 on the board already. Yeah, and Loz, we spoke with both Wes Agar last night and Nathan McAndrew and I asked a question about is it they need a bit of fairness with the bat and the ball. Everything favours the batsman worldwide, the big bats, short boundaries. And they really appreciated the, the wicket last week, you know, when runs were hard to come by and so they should be sometimes. I reckon in the last game, Wilder, and I might have said this to you when I had a chat, you know, 290 on the first day or whatever it was wasn't a bad score. Um, and this game, 240, I still think is below par. I think the pitch's a bit slower and not seeming as much as we saw in the last game. So the onus really is on tomorrow now. And if the Redbacks are to contend for the Shield, dare I say it, after having gone <laughs> such a long time without winning one, um, tomorrow's got to be a four for 300 day. They've really got to dig in. Good signs tonight, Kelvin Smith, four. Nice shots through the offside to the boundary. Henry Hunt, who's been shorter runs, looked pretty good. Had a nice cover drive late in the day to the boundary. So really, it's got to be about runs. And look, Drew, um, you know, a few scores in the 20s in the last game. Got double ton last year against Western Australia. Uh, McSweeney coming off an excellent game, 60 and 100. Jake Lehman, 100 in the first game. There's plenty of batting there. They've got to fire tomorrow. But we should celebrate today. I thought it was a really good effort. Ben Manetti fought back with the ball after not doing as well as he could have in the first couple of games, did a good job bowling tightly from the cathedral end into the breeze, two for 61 off 22 and 
I'll look Conway and uh, McAndrew. A little bit expensive McAndrew today, but the bowlers did the job. A couple of catches went down, but I thought generally it was a pretty strong day in the field from the Redbacks, especially when WA were one for 102 at one stage. Yeah, Bancroft and Cartwright both scoring half centuries. Loz, are they Agar's best shield figures? Yeah, third Fifer, first Sixer. Um, he's got a couple of Fifers previously, and uh, he'd be very pleased. We spoke to him after play, and if you do get a hold of a couple of grabs, Ryan Harris, he paid a lot of credit to new Bowen coach at the Redbacks and gave him a lot of credit in terms of saying the preparation that Ryan puts in to the opposition batsman, where to bowl, uh, you know, offers plenty of positive suggestions. And, uh, well, Wes Agar executed that to a T. Uh, I thought his spell before lunch was, was really good. I think at one stage he had figures of nine overs, five maidens, one for seven. So he did a really good job. And, you know, we've said it for a while now, the bowling side of things for the Redbacks, they've got a very good stable of quicks. Yeah. And uh, they've just got to get the runs on the board and... Uh, you know, if they can get anything over 350, get a 100-run lead, it'll set them up for this uh, this match and, and put them in a position to go back-to-back in outright victories. Isn't it great to have both Ryan Harris and Dizzy Gillespie there? Couldn't get two uh, different sort of people, but uh, both have been fantastic players in their own right. Absolutely, and Ryan's technically one of the best coaches going around. Had a, a pretty, I wouldn't say cushy job up in Queensland, but he had a job where he could just sort of chill back and wasn't judged by results, whereas... He's moved back to South Australia where he's brought up and you know he's decided to have a go at the coaching caper and uh, so far so good. The bowling in the first game, you know, Tassie got away to one for 200 odd but ended up all out for 380. Last game was you know very, very strong with Conway coming into the side on the back of an injury to Jordan Buckingham and then now Wes Agar's come in good to get six wickets. So there's plenty yeah. of quick options there. Uh, I hear Spencer Johnson's only back to 100% fitness. So uh, there's a few blokes there in the stable. We've just got to find some runs tomorrow and, and set the game up that way. Give us your thoughts on Nathan McSweeney, Loz. Seem to be batting pretty well. Yeah, he's pretty steady, Wildo. I, I think the first innings when it was tough going, eked out a very good 60. They got to nearly 300. And then, you know, he played two sorts of innings in the last game. Got 72 and really had to fight hard. But then went from 72 to 100 in the space of six deliveries and showed what he can really do when wow. he gets stuck into the bowling, you know. Six six four four six six or whatever it was to reach his hundred, and uh, he's also a very handy gully field as well. Bowled some handy overs today, so he's progressing in the right direction. And uh, look, if he can come in tomorrow after tea, Redbacks will be in a good spot. Uh, just on the World Cup, too, Maxwell put on a show last night. Warner's batting beautifully. They got the net run rate up. Um, where do you see the Aussies finishing? They'd be top four, almost top four certainties now. Well, tonight's going to evacuate one team, whether it's Sri Lanka or England. I don't think you can. Yeah, I think they're both out. Yeah, yeah, I think they're both nearly cooked anyway. So, I think that four spots pretty much uh, Australia's if they continue to maintain some form. They've got a couple of easier games with Bangladesh and Afghanistan to come, so they've only got to win really probably one of the tougher games to get to six wins, and that should just about be enough. And yeah, Maxwell he just teed it up last night, didn't he? We know what he's capable of. <laughs> And he's had a good tournament with the ball and in the field, good run out as well. But the Aussies playing well. Warner's going well. A bit of luck with the run out again last night, wasn't he? He could have easily been run out oh. in the 30s. But we get Travis Head back in that side, and I think it's all up and up for the Australians, uh, Wilder, at this stage. Is it a certainty Labashane for Head? He's the one that misses? Well, it's or a good Smith? question. Well, no, I was thinking more maybe after last night, Cameron Green, and get Travis Head in bowling a few overs. So, oh, what Stoinis won't come back in? Well, he could be the one that they leave out. Um, I think if you can conjure up eight, ten overs between Mitch Marsh, 
and Travis Head, then that could answer the question. So we'll have to wait and see what they do. But that New Zealand game Saturday is going to be a beauty, Wilder. I'm really looking forward to seeing how we go against the Kiwis. Always had a great uh, rivalry in World Cups, and this game Saturday should be no exception. And can you can you see Alex Carey making his way back into the lineup? Not at this stage, as much as I'd like to say uh, he could get back in. I think Inglis is doing a pretty good job. Not gloving him as well as he could, Sam. But, you know, handy runs. And uh, I think, you know, once he's in there, it's going to take a lot to, for him to lose his spot on the side at this point in the competition. Well, as I was thinking, it's such a long tournament. It should be the best of three for a final. But do you, do you like India? Do you think they are? Well, South Africa have been amazing too, New Zealand to a lesser extent. But do you, do you think India are the best side? I think they're the best side. I haven't seen them bat first yet. They've chased and won all the five games. So see how they go batting first under a bit of pressure. It might be the Aussies that bring them undone because the Aussies have actually played well against India in India in the last three years. I think it's like eight to Australia, nine to India or something. So, you know, we can beat them there. We'll find out in very due course over the next fortnight or so. And don't count yourself short, Loz, a magnificent left-handed bat. I've seen some beautiful cover drives from you. Don't worry about that. And don't forget, you can watch us on KO tomorrow and also a bit of Fox Cricket throughout the summer, boys. Love your work. Thanks, Laurie. Thanks, Loz. Cheers. Cheers, boys. See ya. Just quality home improvements. Laurie Colliver there. Now the basketball, 36 is up. 36 is up, 80 to 73. That's correct. Your glasses, you've got them on and your eyesight is not failing you there. Uh, You got a quick text there as well, just uh, from Lance in Birkenhead saying that Port Adelaide's trade period don't mind bringing in Jordan Sweet, especially for pick 50. I think it's good value. You get a ready-made player for a draft pick that, you know, is tentative at best. It's almost a steak knife deal and just a little bit of extra. They've got Soldo now. don't know if Jordan Sweet would be that happy having well, Soldo well, there. Well, it was interesting. Jordan Sweet was on breakfast the other day on Wednesday morning, and he said he always knew that Port Adelaide were going to target two rucks because obviously Port Adelaide were, had that interest in Brody Grundy. So it, he, he, he always knew. He just uh, probably didn't know that it was going to be against Ivan Soldo rather than up against yeah. Brody Grundy. Good to have the big fella home. No doubt about that, Jordan Sweet. Thanks for that text, Lance. It is 6.38. Sports Day SA. Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Yeah, David Wildey, Sam Fantasia for the Toolkit Depot, Tools, Equipment, Safety Gear and Workwear. Toolkit Depot, everything you need under one roof, Tools, Equipment, Safety Gear and Workwear. Get in and have a look in store and online. Well, Sam, United were, Adelaide United were really good round one. Phenomenal. We asked for a 1-0 victory. They scored three goals. They didn't uh, concede a goal. And they played against a side that, well, a bit of angst late last year that beat them in the finals. But the super coach joins us. Carl, Carl, welcome. And, um, gee, when you look at the stat sheet, Adelaide United dominated just about everywhere. Well, good evening. Uh, thanks, uh, uh, Wilts. It, um, it was a good game. Um, I think, uh, you know, we rode our luck a little bit during parts of the game. But overall, I was... Um, very happy with the performance. Yeah, sometimes stats can lie, can't they? But I went through, you know, shots on goal and time spent with the ball. You pretty well did win all in all departments. Um, yeah, look, I've got to say, as I said, I've, I've said a, a, a few times now that we've changed in the way that we wanted to play. Uh, I think, uh, you know, you would have seen the, the benefits of um, how we've changed our style on Friday night. Was it spoken about pre-game last year's result with the Mariners to you know try and pump up the boys, or just try and downplay it and just treat it as any other match? No, no, um, we didn't speak about last year's um, results. We just were focusing on uh, starting the season well, you know, because we knew we had a difficult start to the season. 
having uh, Mariners first round one and then we've got Melbourne City this Sunday. So we always knew it was a difficult start to the season. So it was just about us going out and, and set, setting our benchmark for the season. Yeah, Carl, I don't know if you can put it in layman's terms, but you almost make a grand final last year, you lose, but everybody wants to get better, want to tweak a few things. What, what was the, Could you pick out one or two things that you wanted to do better this year for United? Yeah, the, the most obvious one was not to concede as many goals yeah. as we did last yep. year. I think we had the, the second worst record in the league last year for conceding goals. And you can't really win championships when you're conceding that many goals. Um, so we needed to fix that up. And we also needed to find an, another avenue to goal because last year, you know, we um, relied heavily on Craig's influence and... Um, you know, now that Craig's not there, it's important that we find those um, different avenues to go. Yeah, pre-season, your defence has been really good. And I saw a terrific save from Joe Gauchy to not what part of the game it was. Just had a look at the highlights, but it looked to be a certain goal for the Mariners. And he, he came out, met it and did really well. Yeah, Joe's, you know, I think he's the best goalkeeper in the A-League. We're very fortunate um, to have Joe. He does, you know, step up at the right times and makes, makes those saves. Um, so, you know, we're, we're hoping that he carries on that form and gets another crack at the Socceroos. You mentioned uh, replacing Craig Goodwin. Obviously, he was a bit of a late out in terms of when it happened in the preseason. Were those changes in the game style sort of already in the works or did you even further tweak them once you knew that Craig was leaving? Um, yeah, they were already in the works. As, as we said, you know, we needed to um, find a, another avenue. And, you know, since um, Craig has left... Um, it was just meant that you know we just had to keep focusing on on that different avenue that we've been working on all all preseason. Got a sure upper back line. When you work to have a team, do you start in defence, Carl? Like you get your back back few there set, um, and then once you're solid there, you can work on your, your forward work. Um, yeah, it's more collective as the team. Um, I think last year, um, a lot of times we would. It was too much space between all of our uh, back line to our front. Um, so it's important that we make sure it's a lot more compact. Um, and, you know, that means that the strikers have to, you know, help the defenders out as well. I'm always interested in how much intelligence you do of teams coming up. As you play the Mariners, you beat them, they're gone for a little while. You then get Melbourne City and Melbourne Victory, all, and they all play a little bit different. So how much sort of... Um, Sort of, you look at those teams as well as you, what you're doing yourself, Carl. Yeah, we, we spend a, quite a bit of time looking at the opposition, um, what their strengths are, where their weaknesses are, um, and try and you know fit how we're going to break them down into the way that we want to play yep. as well. So we we still don't want to lose too much on of our ID. So um, yeah, we just make sure we're aware of where their danger will come from, and so we can limit it. Can you tell us a bit about those dangers of Melbourne City, what you've identified there? They're obviously coming off a loss, so they'll be fired up and trying to get a win. Um, yeah, look, uh, Melbourne City, you know, they've been the champion and the premiers for the last couple of years. So I know they've had a big turnover of players from last season, but, they, you know, they've still got some quality players there. You know, Jamie McLaren, he wins a golden boot every year. So you've got to keep him quiet. Um, but it's also about the service that goes to him. And they've brought in some really high-quality foreigners this year. So... You know, once they sort of gel to the to the A League, because it is a it is a difficult league to to adjust to. And once those players adjust to it, I'm sure they will be, um, you know, putting in better performances than what they did last week. What do you like on the sidelines? You see something goes wrong. You you seem to be 
cool, calm and collected, but that can be a, a false front. You, you try and keep your emotions in check because I reckon soccer is a game where it is so emotional. Some of the managers and the, and the coaches, you know, you can see them explode at times. How's your demeanour generally? Yeah, it's not too bad. There's <laughs> there's some triggers that set me off um, during the game, especially if it's um, things that we've discussed. Um, so you know, you, you know, you, you got to accept mistakes are going to happen. Um, but yeah, um, I try to keep my cool as much as I can. Can you can you give a good dressing down or give them a bake we've seen some of the famous you know AFL the old VFL coaches I know I know they're differently built players today you can't go too hard but are there times when you can give them a, a real dressing down yeah most definitely I think um, hopefully you don't have to as much but um, you know I, I think um, every now and then you know a good shake up is needed for some players um, so it's all, always depends on where you are and, and what's happening and, you know, who's where, where the issues are. You, you mentioned the uh, imports at Melbourne City taking a little bit of time to gel. One of our imports is Zach Clough. He's been entrusted with taking the penalties this year. Can you tell us, you know, in the year that he's been here, have you sort of seen a change in the way he's played or has he just sort of brought what he had from the UK over to Australia and adapted it? Yeah, look, you know, we've always known Zach is uh, one of the um, highest quality players in the A-League and it's just, uh, it's taken him time to adjust um, to the grounds here and the weather um, and getting his body getting his body right. He always, um, you know, in the two years that he has been here, he's picked up little um, niggly injuries, which has always affected his performances and it's a matter of us keeping him fit so when we can keep him fit. Zach is, you know and one of the best players in the A-League. And is, is it a similar case with Ryan Tunnicliffe, who you brought in, who's played only about 10 minutes on, on Friday night? Um, yeah, yeah, we'll give Ryan time to settle, because as I said, it's very difficult for, for the foreign players to adjust to um, the not just the grounds, the training um, facilities here and, and and the weather as well. Like I, I, I say, you know, we train here a lot harder than what they do in Europe because we don't play as many games so we have a lot more training sessions than what they do in Europe so that, that takes a little while for, for players that come from overseas to adjust to that they're training more than what they normally do because they over there they play a lot more games than what we do here yeah, Carl Vitter, guest. I've always felt the Eastern States get a leg up. I mean, they, they always seem to get everything going their way. But if you looked at your squad and your squad is what you've got, you can't make too many changes now. Are you, are you happy with the overall and the depth? And you mentioned perhaps a couple out injured, but are you happy with the overall squad? Yeah, most definitely. Look, at, you know, our squad is, you know, gets planned, you know, six to 12 months in advance. And we knew um, this season that we were going to run um, with a lot of younger players this year. Um, and that's because we believe in these younger players that we've got at the club um, and it's important that we um, keep developing them um, but we also want to win and we believe that, that these players that we've got here are, are at a level where they can compete and win. Obviously, uh, Melbourne City, they've got a, a, a lot of money, so to, you know, just to put it bluntly. Um, yeah. Is there a sort of a off a, a, an off-field salary cap that the, the entire league has to adhere to? No, not, not off-field, no. We just have the, um, the salary cap on the player spend, um, but there's no, there's no cap on spending outside the, the player's salary. So, um, which, you know, I, I suppose it's, 
It's about the league um, developing its facilities. As you said, you know, Melbourne City have got great facilities. Sydney FC have got great facilities. Wanderers have. And so it's a matter of all the other clubs, um, you know, if they want to compete and win, they, you know, they have to, you know, to step up. It's not about um, setting the level at where the lowest um, um, teams can compete. It's we have to catch up with the teams that are at the top. So in, in the AFL, you do see that off-season spending cap. Do you think, for the sake of equality, I suppose, in the A-League... The, the soft cap? Yeah, the soft cap. Yeah, do you think that's something that the A-League should be looking at bringing in just for the equality of the competition? No, not at all. I think, um, you know, you have to find other ways to, to compete. But, you know, not everything in life is fair and even, so you have to you have to work hard. Um, and, you know, that's something that, you know, we, I suppose, fortunate at the club that we've got a very strong culture and a very good work ethic, and that's, you know, why we are able to compete with a lot of these other teams that um, have more resources. Thought of you today, Carl, many years ago, you used to play at the gully, um, hit, a, hit a nice ball, but I suppose the sticks get pushed to the background for a while while you're you know, heavily into the season. Um, yeah, um, don't get to play as often as I, I'd like during the season, but um, I try to because it's, it's a good release for myself. That's a way of, um, uh, you know, de-stressing from everything and, and um having some time away where I'm not thinking about football. You're a Grange, Grange? Yeah, Grange, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I think, you know, the work that they've done to the course um, since, you know, we had got lived there has been fantastic and the course now is... Um, you know, the best shape that I've, I've ever seen it in. Yeah, I thought they left the rough up a bit for the locals. They weren't too happy. Lose a few balls there. So, uh, well, good luck this week. Melbourne Melbourne City, um, followed by Melbourne Victory. So far, fantastic sitting on top of the ladder, Carl. Can't do better than that. 3-0 against the Mariners. And uh, thanks for your time again. Yeah, not a problem. Hopefully, um, you know, we can get everyone out there on, on Sunday night. I think we've got um, some cheap family tickets going as well. And um, we've got a special... Special round this week with the mental health round this week. I think it's the first time in the A-League that we've got a special breakthrough mental health round. So hopefully get a lot of people there to support and and help raise funds for for mental health. Yeah, well said, Carl Viet, the coach of Adelaide United for Just Quality Home Improvements. And, uh, yep, they had a great start of the season, 3-0. They've got Melbourne City coming up, followed by Melbourne Victory. Sports Day SA. On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Staying alive, Sam, you weren't even thought of when that came out. Uh, John Travolta, <laughs> fantastic. It's, uh, yeah, Carl Vitt, great to see them start. They won one zip in the top of the ladder, only one game, but you can't do much better than... Mate, there's nothing you'd love more in any sporting code than beating the team round one of the next year that's knocked you out the previous yeah. year, especially with a big margin. I know you asked the question, but I reckon there would have been a bit, of, bit more from that. Yeah, yeah. even if it was he just... He played a straight bat, didn't right. he? That's right. Carl, Carl's good at that. He's, I'd love to be coached by Carl. He just tells it how it is. He's a good um, lad. Good but, lad. But tonight, the Matildas take on Iran at 9.30 over in WA. No Sam Kerr tonight, I believe. Uh, here's the coach, Tony Gustavan, on managing Sam Kerr's minutes into the Olympic qualifiers. Considering she's coming back from injury very recently, she hasn't played 90 minutes in a very, very, very long time. Not for club either. I think we can expect to 
see some rotation in this tournament, uh, so we don't overload her with with minutes. And then it's up to me to know when do I get maximum uh, out of those minutes that she has. Is it starting, taking her off? Is it having her on the bench, taking her on? And how do I plan those three games over time? So Sam obviously had that um, injury in the World yeah. Cup as well. So just yeah, I guess it's all about managing players, and you want the best players playing at the most important time. Should be to run, surely. Surely. I mean, you think, especially given massive the, shock. the form that we were in the World Cup. But it sounds like they haven't had too much uh, preparation leading into this uh, Olympic, co- the uh, the qualifying it's a bit campaign. It's sad when it goes from all the hype, every man and his dog watching the girls, to just goes, doesn't it? Yeah, it's that's, just, that's how it is. That's it. That's where the beauty of the um, AFL, even the women's, it just keeps on going all the time. Mm, yep. That's lost in the wash for tyre power. Great race sale now on. Get into your local independently owned tyre power today but uh, plenty happening in the world of sport of course the the Redbacks we ripped up Wes Agar right, six for hey it's not bad I'm I'm taking credit so is Dan Menzel so are you I'm giving credit to the girlfriend yeah probably is a girl got a new yeah, girlfriend yeah. in Sydney that's right they, they had their soft launch or hard launch or however you want to say it and uh, maybe just wanted to impress in his uh, first game since going public yeah we spoke to Laurie about the, the cricket but it's good to see not just batting paradise as we speak about this. I think That's it's right. got to be fair between bat and ball. you got to work work a little bit hard for your runs. And it's always good to... I know the, the job's not done yet, but we're in a very good position against uh, Western Australia. And just after what happened in the Marsh Cup final last year, I think the uh, Redback boys would love to get a win over Western Australia. Go the Redbacks doing some nice things. All we need is 36ers to, to win a couple more games too. You can catch every NFL game this season with the Game Pass only on DAZN. Uh, visit nfldazn.com forward slash NFL. Uh, Dan Menzel not in tonight, but... Uh, Bryce Gibbs in tomorrow, filling in. Yeah, so Bryce Gibbs in tomorrow. What you looking forward to, Bryce? And just as we go, Sam, a Beaumont Tiles giving away a trip for two to America's footy's biggest game worth over $70,000. Just shop in store at Beaumont before November 12. You're in with a chance. T's and C's apply. Hey, mate, thanks for joining in. Mate, great to be here. Terrific job. I, I, I did okay. I thought I thought you might have had tomorrow too. What happened? Well, I, you, 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 yeah, bring in the big guns. Come on, no, mate, keep, right. keep, keep me away from the microphone. So, sports day tomorrow with Bryce Gibbs. Looking forward. Have a great night. Thanks. See you tomorrow. Bye, bye for now. Bye and for very now. quickly, just an update on the 36ers, 94 to 85, with a minute left to play. Bye for now. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car. They made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay.